Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. We're down on the beach and it's windy again. I hope you can hear this clearly and uh, today, really cool. So uh, it's nine degrees or 10, uh, real feel. 14, the sun's out, so the people have got their shirts off. I've got a down jacket on, uh, which is <laughs> running around in swimmers and bikinis and I've got a down jacket on. But uh, I've been caught out here on the beach once too often walking down and getting hit by the, the real feel wind and uh, freezing my butt off. The other part about this is, of course, I'm up to day 11 on my juice uh, process. And uh, as much as I love it, uh, and it's really easy, after a bunch of days, you start to feel cold. So it's really wise to do such a thing in a warmer and choose the week based on the weather. So today, it's really interesting. I had a client yesterday call me and wanted to talk about a report, a review that they'd experienced from their company. And uh, this uh, client I've been working with for a few years and he has a very senior position working in Europe with a very senior uh, firm. Very large, one of the largest uh, consulting firms in the world as a senior partner. And he got a review from peers and the CEO that he performed brilliantly. They were totally happy and uh, he got his bonus and everything thrown in. But, but, they said that he didn't appear powerful in meetings and that some of the other senior partners were reluctant to bring him to a meeting because he didn't come across strong. So this feedback was quite intense and uh, I empathised with him because it's not really a nice statement to make to say that you're weak or whatever it is, however you interpret it. The first thing uh, that he needed to do uh, as I processed this was to recognise that nothing's ever missing, it just changes form and therefore they're wrong. He is powerful in meetings, he's just not powerful in the form they want it in. And I think this is not what we call pushback, although it is. And it's not what we call reluctance to adapt, which it is. But it's a recognition that if you don't appreciate what you've got, you'll lose it. And it's a law of nature, and it's the third principle to say, you don't have to change. You just have to love something in yourself. So what we had to do is work out what form it took his powerful presence in a meeting. And it wasn't verbal. And it possibly wasn't physical, because he uh, doesn't have a big physical presence. But it could be his confidence, or his compassion, or his preparedness to sit and think and dwell on things. He brought power to a meeting because nothing's ever missing. It just changes form. And to those who are single-minded and say, this is the only way that you can experience this form that we're measuring you by, your strength in a meeting, then to them it's missing. But to us, 
who'll operate from the higher mind, from the heart, we know it's not. And he has to value that and say, I hear what they say, I recognize that they want me to uh, bring something else to a meeting, but I can't accept that it's missing, that I'm not doing it. I'm just doing it in a different form. There's a very big difference. Appreciate what you've got or you lose it. Appreciate what you've got. If you don't appreciate things the way that you've got them, you won't get them the way that you want them. And I think if you could remember that for today, that principle. Second part of this conversation, this coaching conversation, was focused around accepting what they said, that they wanted him to appreciate what he's, they didn't want him to appreciate what he's got, but we did. Appreciate what you've got uh, in order to, to take it to the way you want it. So he needs to, in some ways, comply with the expectation of his peers. And I said to him, well, given that it's not going to be a shift of character because that's uh, unnecessary, because you've already got it, what it needs to be is a display. 90% of all communication in the world is done audio-visual. So most perception that people have of uh, us is audio, what we say, and how we say it, and the other part was visual, how we look. The interesting part, when we do the 30-day challenge, you remember, if you've done it with me, you've done, you remember that one of the most important aspects of the 30-day challenge is the ability to change your appearance, because that really tells people everything. So we went through step by step. Firstly, his camera on his meetings was way below his head level. So he was looking down, aloof, looking, and you're looking up at him. So it looks like he's in the clouds, he's aloof. And that angle, I would say, was only 10 centimeters, but it was enough to distance him from the meeting. I was having with him and I'd, I don't care about this because I sometimes assume the camera that they're using, people are using, is not the camera or environment they use for meetings. So we got uh, some books stacked up his computer and so that the camera was now the camera, not the screen, the camera was now at, absolutely at eye level. So when he was looking, if, it, if not a little bit, tiny little bit below, maybe a centimetre below eye level, but mainly looking right, uh, so he's looking right at the camera. That changed the perception of it. The second thing was, if you don't look different, people think you are not different. So if you go through some personal growth, you do a 30-day challenge, at the end of it, you're still wearing the same clothes you did at the start, you still have the same facial hair or lack of it or the same hairstyle. If you're wearing the same clothes, same hairstyle, um, same makeup, whatever it is, people don't think you changed. It's very perceptual. It's very perceptual. And the human brain is saying, basically says, I, I need audio-visual signals in order to 
tell me if something's different. And if I don't get both, so you say, I'm different now, there's the audio, but if the visual isn't different, it isn't different. There'll be a, an audio reception of the signal, someone's different, but there'll be a visual denial of it. And so we have to dress like we want to be, become, dress for success. So you think of the position in the world that you want to achieve and you dress for it. This is very, very much the case in bike riding as well, in uh, sport. People wear the best shoes, they wear the best clothes because they sort of dress for success, they want to become. This is uh, sort of pretty basic stuff. So the second thing we started working on was his, was his appearance. And I said, look, whatever you've got on right now, if that's what you wear in business meetings, and even if you upgrade it just a little bit, it's still not going to tell people that you're a powerful presence in the world. For a male, powerful presence in the world is a white shirt, and for TV cameras and sometimes audio-visual cameras, that presence uh, white can be light blue. The camera is sort of happy to have both. Nothing with stripes or spots or buttons or things staring, uh, multiple patterns. Uh, always with a collar, uh, but I think a white shirt speaks for itself for a male. Now, female, i got to admit, I have no idea, but it's Googleable. Is that, su is that such a word? So, we're heading down the path of reshaping him, uh, a jacket and a white shirt. And of course he thinks, oh God, that's laundry, that's mucking around. I say, look, take it off after every meeting and walk around the house in a t-shirt, but put, put it all back on when you have a meeting and be disciplined about that. It's your uniform. It's not showing people how comfortable you are at home or how happy you are in your life. You, they don't care. The next thing we worked on was what was behind the camera, what was behind him. And what you find over and over again is people at home not realizing that their bed uh, or their kids' toys or the toilet or whatever is, whatever has just automatically come up behind the camera becomes part of the vision, the visual of the other person in the meeting. And so in this particular case, the guy's room was, he was in the front room of his house in an odd shaped area and the geometry of the room wasn't square and he was facing into the corner of that geometry and what he needed to do was to face a flat wall. So that was the next part. The next aspect of this was what was on that wall and if you are saying I want to have a wall uh, behind me and if I want to give an impression that that wall needs to be bookshelves. And on those bookshelves needs to be things that are relevant to the meetings that you're having. Not uh, kids' toys or last week's hockey stick, or in my case, the bike turbo. It needs to be books, books that are highly relevant.
business, if you're in business strategy, business strategy books, I guess. If you're in uh, medicine, uh, medical books. Not kids' toys, not antiques, not pictures of you uh, winning the local uh, swim race. They're not important. They're not important to this meeting. And so it all comes down to the, the, the environment behind the camera becomes as important as the environment above it. You. So we, bit by bit, redesigned the camera environment. Bit by bit, redesigned it. And one of the things I also suggested is for him to buy from Amazon or uh, from... Uh, uh, office works or wherever to buy a, a small portable very small portable uh, computer camera on a small tripod and make the camera not the computer's camera but make the camera an external camera to the computer that sits in the face of the person you're meeting with so now we have to raise the computer screen up even higher because now you're looking at the person that you're uh, negotiating with or talking to in a meeting but actually you're looking straight into the eye of the camera when you look straight into the eye of the camera you're looking straight into the eye of the person and that looks like you're really turning up in a meeting but if you're looking at the person on the screen you're not looking at the person uh, you're looking away from the camera and their perception of you is you're looking down and you're doing the right thing you're, you're wanting to look at the person and engage their Engage their uh, response and, and engage them. But the only way really to do that with the current technologies that we use is to have an external camera placed right in the face of the person you're looking at, maybe just a little bit above their eyes so you can still see their eyes, maybe on their forehead, just below, between the eyebrows. Make the camera very small, don't, for goodness sake, buy a huge one. Uh, make it run by a USB so it's actually charging while you're working uh, so that the line between your computer and the camera is one and also make make sure that that camera has a zoom field facility because the computer screen distance from your face is, is fixed uh, but the uh, but some cameras uh, have a, a very close-up some have a far distance and you want to be able to adjust that uh, in the camera itself by just uh, very simple and very short uh, small amount of zoom uh, zoom range. So those are the those are the things we we worked on with him. We're even going to get him a pair of glasses with transparent lenses in them, and you can buy what they call blue Blu-ray glasses, which means they protect your eyes from the from the uh, the the, the Blu-rays of the computer screen, which are, are quite damaging. And so it, there is a legitimacy to having a pair of glasses on, even if you don't optically need them. And you can use uh, the Blu-ray uh, uh, glasses, um, and, but to buy a pair that looks studious, looks serious, not red or, like I do or, or funny ones, or people, things with jokes. You've got to look like you're the, you are the master of your domain. And uh, those glasses... I wouldn't say big rimmed, but it could be wire rimmed or they could be just whatever it is. All these things, and then last but not least, of course, we worked on his hairstyle and face, face fur because he has none. And I said it would enhance his presence if he had some. 
and his hair is very short and, and curly and it's up and I said why don't you grow a bit longer and do some so some of these things I'm not the not the master of what to do I just know you have to do that all these things add up to the perception of the other person and it's the perception of the other person that he has to deal with so firstly just go back over it firstly we said nothing's missing just changes in form if you don't appreciate what you've got you lose it so we just made sure that he appreciated what he already had and therefore didn't think that it was missing and therefore take it on as a criticism second thing we realized that they said they want it in a different form and he can say well okay I can give you the form but I, I, I don't have to change who I am or what I am or how I deliver it I just have to change how you perceive it and that's what we worked on the environment change the environment you change the person you changed everything it's like repackaging a product if you want to change your business, you one of the first things you do is you reshuffle the desk layout. You move people's offices. You move uh, the front door to the back door. You just move things around so it looks like the business has changed. And this is a, a really, if, you, if you're new in a leadership role and you leave everybody sitting where they were, they're just going to say more of the same with a different person. So all of these things, I think, uh, come back to the word environment. Your undies, your clothes, your shoes, your socks, your hair, your face. It's not just about you. So last but not least, for this guy, I said, what are you looking at when you look across your desk? And he, he said, well, uh, and he turned his camera around and it was, I don't think it was representative of the man he wants to present himself to be. You know the the mess of boxes that were unpacked and the things so i encouraged him to say you whatever you're dressed like and whatever's behind you and whatever's on your desk and whatever's in front of your desk is messaging for you as well and this messaging subliminal messaging is actually going to create itself so if it's a mess you're going to create a mess if it's uh, careless it's going to create carelessness it it, it the it, the environment reflects we are the environment we create and that is the, ultimately the universal law of nature number three. And so we've applied it here and, and I think we all need to recognise that uh, the Empire State Building is one third full. It looks like it will only ever get again half full because people have come to the realisation that 50% of all work from this day forward for the rest of eternity will be done from home. And so this camera work and this environment becomes uh, career critical. This is Chris, you have a great day.